Welcome to Zichu Daf Siman Member by Ram Goldai and the Mazakis Yavamas Daf Pei Base, the eighth parak oral. So the three dots we're going to focus on. Number one, on Daf Pei Alf Amad Alv, Rabbi Yochanan made a statement that implied that he holds that Truman nowadays is a derisa. The Gemara questions if that really is his position. For Wasatna Brisa, Shtekupos Akhashel Chulon Va'akhashel Truma. If there are two boxes, one of Chulon grain and one of Truma grain, and in front of them there are two sock containers of grain, one of Chulon and one of Truma, and they fell into each other, where one box of the former fell into the other box of the latter. Hari behold, they are permissible, for I say that the Truma fell into the Truma and the Chulon fell into the Chulon. Rishwakish said, This is provided that the chuan grain in the chuan box was more than the truma in the sock container. That way, if the truma fell into the chuan box, it would be batam midderaisa. But Rabbi Yochanan says, This law applies even if the chuan grain in the chuan box was not more than the truma in the sock container. Now, if Rabbi Yochanan holds that truma nowadays is deraisa, how can he not require rov to be mavato? Rabbi Yochanan answers that the Brisa is the Rabban who hold the Truman nowadays is only the Rabban, and his earlier statement was in accordance with Rabbi Yossi, who says that nowadays Truma is a Derisa. Pointing to the Gemara asks if Rabbi Yochanan really holds that Rabban is not required to be mavato of the Rabban and Isser. For it was taught in the Mishnah, Mikvah Sheishba If a Mikvah contains exactly 40 saw of water, and one put in a saw of other liquids and then removed a saw of the mixture, the Mikvah is still valid, and it was said in the Rabbi Yochanan. This procedure of adding a saw of water and removing a saw may be repeated ad rubo up until the majority of the mikvah. Does this not mean that a majority of the mikvah water remained? And since Maim Shu'uvim, drawn water is only at the Rabban Psul for a mikvah, this implies that Yochan requires rov to be mevato at the Rabban Isser. The way is that what is meant is that we should not remove a majority of mikvah water, but an equal amount of mikvah water is enough to be mevato the Rabban Psul. Alternatively, we could say that Rabbi Yochan does require rov, but in the case of the boxes of grain and chulun, we may rely on the lenient assumption that the chulun fell into the chulun and the truma fell into the truma. And point number three, on Daf Pei Av Amit Av, Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish argued whether Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Shimon hold that an androgynous is a definite male or a suffolk male. The more challenges Reish Lakish's opinion that he's a suffolk male, for the mission stated, androgynous no say, an androgynous marries a woman, which implies lechachila. And the Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Shimon hold that he's a definite male. The Gemara also challenges Rabbi Yochanan for the Mishnah stated, Rabbi Yezer says that a male is chayv skila, stoning, if he had relations with an androgynous as with a male. This implies that the Tanakamu who holds that he's not chayv skila, holds that androgynous is a Suffolk male. The Gemara answers that both Rabbi Yezer and the Tanakamu hold that he is a Zohar Vadai, a definite male. And the difference is, is that the Tanakamu holds he is chayv stoning if he had relations in the male or female place, whereas Rebeliezer holds that he's only chayv stoning if he had relations in the male place. So once again, the three points are number one. On Daf Pei Alf Amadav, Rabbi Yochan made a statement that implied that he holds that Truman nowadays is a derisa. The Gemara questions if that really is his position. For Wasatna Brisa, Shtekupos Akhashel Chulon Va'akhashel Truman. If there are two boxes, one of Chulon grain and one of Truma grain, and in front of them there are two sock containers of grain, one of Chulon and one of Truma, and they fell into each other, where one box of the former fell into the other box of the latter. Hari Elamutari, behold, they are permissible, for I say that the Truma fell into the Truma and the Chulon fell into the Chulon. Rishwakish said, This is provided that the chulun grain in the chulun box was more than the truma in the sock container. That way, if the truma fell into the chulun box, it would be batam midderaisa. But Rabbi Yochanan says, This law applies even if the chulun grain in the chulun box was not more than the truma in the sock container. Now, if Rabbi Yochanan holds that truma nowadays is deraisa, how can he not require rov to be mavato? 
Rabbi Yochan answers that the Brisa is the Rabban, who hold the Truman nowadays is only the Rabban. And his earlier statement was in accordance with Rabbi Yossi, who says that nowadays Truma is a Deraisa. Pointing to the Gemara asks if Rabbi Yochan really holds that Rabbah is not required to be Mavatu other Rabban and Isser. For it was taught in the Mishnah, Mikvah Sheishba Arbim Salmuchuvanus. If a Mikvah contains exactly 40 saw of water, and one put in a saw of other liquids and then removed a saw of the mixture, the Mikvah is still valid, and it was said in the Rabbi Yochanan. This procedure of adding a saw of water and removing a saw may be repeated ad rubo up until the majority of the mikvah. Does this not mean that a majority of the mikvah water remained? And since Maim Shu'uvim, drawn water is only at the Rabban Psul for a mikvah, this implies that Yochan requires rov to be mevato at the Rabban Isser. The awareness is that what is meant is that we should not remove a majority of mikvah water, but an equal amount of mikvah water is enough to be mevato the Rabban Psul. Alternatively, we could say that Rabbi Yochan does require rov, but in the case of the boxes of grain and chuan, we may rely on the lenient assumption that the chuan fell into the chuan and the truma fell into the truma. And point number three, on daf pay of Ahmed of Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish argued whether Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Shimon hold that an androgynous is a definite male or a suffolk male. The more challenges Reish Lakish's opinion that he's a suffolk male, for the mission stated, androgynous nose, an androgynous marries a woman, which implies lechachila, and the Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Shimon hold that he's a definite male. The Gemara also challenges Rabbi Yochanan for the Mishnah stated, Rabbi Yezer says that a male is chayv skila, stoning, if he had relations with an androgynous as with a male. This implies that the Tanakama who holds that he's not chayv skila, holds that androgynous is a Suffolk male. The Gemara answers that both Rabbi Yezer and the Tanakama hold that he is a Zohar Vadai, a definite male. And the difference is, is that the Tanakama holds he is chayv stoning if he had relations in the male or female place, whereas Rebeliezer holds that he's only hive stoning if he had relations in the male place. Alright, so now we go to our Simmer.pay pay base, and we are making a change to the simon. I'm retiring the former simon, and the new simon is peanut butter. Now, I'm not a big fan of changing simonim. In this case, I am. It's going to be peanut butter moving forward, but do not worry. I don't anticipate many changes happening in the future, if any at all. But pay base now the simon is peanut butter, which happened to be extremely popular choice when we did the choose the simon contest. So pay base the simon is peanut butter. So here goes. The boy who got peanut butter all over two boxes of chuan and truma grain that fell into two similar boxes decided to use his empty peanut butter jar to add a saw of liquid to a mikvah and then remove a saw until he dropped and broke it in fright when he saw an androgynous marry a woman. Once again, in slow motion. The boy who got peanut butter, peanut butter, that must be on off, pay base. The boy who got peanut butter all over two boxes of chuan and truma grain that fell into two similar boxes, which reminds us that more questions whether Ryokan really holds truma nowadays is a derisa. Based on a price that taught that if two boxes of grain, chuan and truma, fell into two other boxes, one of chuan and one of truma, we can assume that the chuan fell into the chuan and the truma fell into the truma. And Ryokan says this law applies even if the chuan grain in the chuan box was not more than the truma in the sock container. Now, if Rabbi Yochanan holds that truma nowadays is a deraisa, how can he not require rove to be mavato? Rabbi Yochanan answers that the braisa is the rabban who holds that truma nowadays is only the rabban, and his earlier statement was in accordance with Rabbi Yossi, who says that nowadays truma is a deraisa. So the boy who got peanut butter all over two boxes of chuan and truma grain that fell into two similar boxes decided to use his empty peanut butter jar to add a saw of liquid to a mikvah and then remove a saw, which reminds us. The more asked Rabbi Yochan really holds that rov is not required to be mavato other abundant iser. For it was taught in the Mishnah if a mikvah contains exactly 40 saw of water, one put in a saw of other liquids and then 
removed a saw of the mixture. The mikvah is still valid, and it was said in the Rabbi Yochanan, this procedure of adding a saw of water and removing a saw may be repeated ad rubo, up until the majority of the mikvah. Doesn't this mean that the majority of the mikvah water remained? And since Maim Shu'uvim, drawn water is only at the Rabbanim Sul for mikvah, this implies that Rabbi Yochanan requires rov to be mavato ad iser. The Gemara answer is that what is meant is that we should not remove a majority of the mikvah water, but an equal amount of mikvah water is enough to be mavato the Rabbanim Sul. Alternatively, we could say that Rabbi Yochanan does require a row, but in the case of the boxes of grain and chulin, we may rely on the leaning assumption that the chulin fell into the chulin, and the truma fell into the truma. So, the boy who got peanut butter all over two boxes of chulin and truma grain that fell into two similar boxes, decided to use his empty peanut butter jar to add a saw of liquid to a mikvah, and then remove a saw, until he dropped and broke it in fright when he saw an androgynous Marry a woman. Which reminds us, on Daf Pei Alf Amanam, Rabbi Yochan and argued whether Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Shimon hold that androgynous is a definite male or a suffix male. The Gemara challenges Rabbi opinion that he's a suffix male for the mission stated, androgynous no say. An androgynous marries a woman, which implies a And the Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Shimon hold he's a definite male. The Gemara continues to challenge Rabbi Yochan's position as well. So once again, the boy got peanut butter all over two boxes of chulun and truma grain that fell into two similar boxes, decided to use his empty peanut butter jar to add a saw of liquid to a mikvah, and then remove a saw, until he dropped and broke it in fright when he saw an androgynous marry a woman. All right, now it's time for a four-blot-back chazara. Dafayin ches. So the symbol Dafayin ches is a child going uch. So here goes. The third-generation son of Mitzri Gerim, who went uch, child going uch, that must be more on Dafayin ches. The third generation son of Mitzri Gerim, who went, ugh, that it took so long for him to be permitted into the Kahal, which reminds us, the Pasu regarding Mitzri and Edomi convert states, Sons who are born to them in the third generation may enter into the Kahal of Hashem. I'll write the questions if sons are mentioned, why are generations mentioned, and vice versa. And answers if sons were stated and generations were not stated, I would have said, Ben that the first and second son are us, but the third son is mutter. Therefore, the pasuk says doros generations. And if generations were stated and sons were not stated, I would have said The Torah is referring to those standing at Har Sinai. So the third generation son of Mitzri Gerim, who went uch, that took so long for him to be permitted into the kahal, was jealous of the fetus of the pregnant Gentile woman who converted since it didn't even require its own tevila, which reminds us, which reminds us that if Rabbi Yochan does not say uberkiyarchimo that a fetus is considered like the thigh of its mother. How does it sit with Ravu who said, If a pregnant Gentile woman converted, her child does not require immersion. If the child is not considered the thigh of its mother, but rather it's a separate entity, why does the child not require its own tevila? So the third generation son of Mitzri Gerim, who went, ugh, that it took so long for him to be permitted into the kahal, was jealous of the fetus of the pregnant Gentile woman, who converted since it didn't even require its own tevila, and went, ugh, again when the famine in the land entered its third year. Which reminds us, the Gemara relates David's efforts to determine what was the cause of a famine that ended up lasting three years. He eventually asked the Urim Vitumim, and Hashem replied that the famine is for Shaul in that they did not eulogize Shaul properly, and also for Shaul's sin that he killed the Givonim. The Gemara clarifies that since Shaul massacred the inhabitants of Nov, the city of Kohanim, who supplied the Givonim with water and food, the Pasuk regards it as though Shaul killed them. Ein Tess, so the similar Ein Tess is a pen, and we often use a sofa with a quill. So here goes. The angry scribe, scribe, that must be more duff. Ein Tess. The angry scribe who lacked the merciful, bashful, and kind traits of a Jew, and threw his quills at seven hanging corpses, which reminds us, the more explains that David decreed against the Nisim when he sought to appease them, and they said they wanted him to give them seven of Shoal's sons to hang. 
David sought an alternative way to appease him, but they would not be appeased. David said, There are three simanim of this nation, referring to B'nai Yisrael, harachamanim, b'ishonim, b'gomli, chosadim, with a merciful, bashful, and do acts of kindness, whoever is these three simanim is worthy to cleave to this nation through marriage. Rashi explains that since the givonim lacked rachamim, David decreed that they may not marry Jews. So the angry scribe who lacked the merciful, bashful, and kind traits of a Jew, and through his quills at seven hanging corpses, had torn up multiple decrees that were made against his people, which reminds us, there were multiple decrees against the Nassim. Moshe decreed for that generation, Yeshua decreed while the temple stood, and David decreed against him for even after the destruction of the base of Migdash. So the angry scribe who lacked the merciful, bashful, and kind traits of a Jew, and through his quills at seven hanging corpses, had torn up multiple decrees that were made against his people. When he overheard someone call his father Asris Chama moments before his death, which reminds us, Rav said that if only having a shalsa kosher, a period of suitability, does not create a need for chalitza, You'll never have a woman that is fit for Yibum. For there's no widow whose husband did not become a Suzchama for one moment prior to his death. The more answer is that there it's merely a weakness that has begun for him, not actual sterility. Daf Pei. So the similar Daf Pei is a painter. So here goes. The painter, painter. That must be more on Daf Pei. The painter commissioned to produce artwork to celebrate the occasion of the child born in the eighth month, reaching his 20th birthday, which reminds us, according to Rabbi Avo, a child born in the eighth month of pregnancy, even if he's fully developed with hair and nails, we do not say that he's a Barkayama, a viable child, until he reaches the age of 20. The more questions whether a Ben Shmona can live, for it was taught in a Brisa, Ben Shmona Haruka Evan, a child of the eighth month is treated like a stone and is forbidden to move him on Shabbos. The more answers Rabbi Avo was referring to a case where the child was a full-term seven-month fetus who developed simanim and lingered in the womb for an additional month. Even if he was born with the simanim of a viable child, such as with fully developed hair and nails, the child is not established as a barkayama until the age of 20. So the painter commissioned to produce artwork to celebrate the occasion of the child born in the eighth month, reaching his 20th birthday... Uses Sri's Chama and Island, his anatomy book, as a guide, which reminds us. The Gemara brings a price that lists the very simanim for a Sri's Chama and an Islandese. So the painter commissioned to produce artwork to celebrate the occasion of the child born in the eighth month, reaching his 20th birthday, used his Sri's Chama and Island, his anatomy book, as a guide to paint a picture of a Saris with all the simanim, which reminds us the Gemara brings a Malchokas of Morayim regarding the simanim of a Saris. Rav Huna says a person is not considered a Saris, until he has all of the simanim, but Rabbi Yochanan says, he's a Saris even if he has just one of them. Daf Peyov, so the simanim Daf Peyov is a grandpa. So here goes. Grandpa, Grandpa, that must more enough pay off. Grandpa Cohen, who watches Androgynous' grandson, give his Basti's real wife Truma, which reminds us that in the next mission says, Rabbi Yosem and Rabbi Shimon say, Androgynous Cohen, Shanasa Basti's real machil but Truma, an Androgynous Cohen, who's married to a Basti's real entitles her to eat Truma. The more brings a Malchuk as a Marim. Rishakish said, Machil Batruma Bein Machil Bachaz Bashok. He entitles her to eat Truma, but not the breast and thigh of Kachim Kalim. But Rabbi Yochanan says, Af Machil Bachaz Bashok. He even entitles her to eat the Chaz Bashok. Rishakish holds that androgynous is a Safik Ish, Safik Ish, and therefore is only permitted to Truma, which is nowadays a Durabandan. Rabbi Yochanan holds that an androgynous is a Zachavadai, and therefore is even permitted to the Deraisa, Chaz Bashok.
So Grandpa Cohen, who watches androgynous grandson give his bossy's real wife Truma, sat in his rocking chair munching figs from the mixture of round cakes of pressed Truma and Hulan figs, which reminds us, Rachel Kinshkorn's from the case of a round cake of pressed figs of Truma that got mixed with other round cakes of figs that becomes bottle. Rush explains that if Truma nowadays were a derisa, it would not become bottle, for items that are commonly counted when they are sold are considered a davrachoshu, something of significance which the laws of Bittal do not apply to. Rav Yochan responded that he went in a brisa that a piece of tamechatas meat that became mixed with slices of tarachatas meat does become batal, which demonstrates that the rice of prohibited foods that are commonly counted when sold are subject to bittal. Rather, it's only items that are exclusively counted that are deemed the davachashuv and are not subject to bittal. So, Grandpa Cohen, who watches Androgyna's grandson give his bus wife Truma, sat in his rocking chair munching figs from the mixture of round cakes of pressed Truma and Hulun figs and laughed about the time he mixed a piece of chattas tamay meat with 100 pieces of taur chattas meat. Which reminds Rabbi Yochan's case was where a piece of chattas tamay meat got mixed with 100 pieces of taur chattas meat, and it became batal. We see from here that the tamay slice of meat, even though it's commonly counted when it's sold, becomes batal. This contradicts Rabbi Shalakish's opinion that any item which is commonly counted is a davach hashem and is not batal. Rabbi Chia Breda Rabbi Huna defended Rabbi Shalakish's ruling by explaining the cases binimucha, where the piece of tamay chattas meat dissolved. Therefore, it's no longer commonly counted and is subject to bittal. All right, that concludes today's year. This is Rabbi Avram Golden Zichu wishing you a great day and great learning.